The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Let's flip back to Exodus chapter 6. And we'll begin reading from the first verse. Exodus chapter 6 and verse 1. But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of this land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as God Almighty. But my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment." I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. You shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession, for I am the Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for all that you do in our lives. We thank you for freeing us from sin. We thank you for freeing us from the penalty of sin. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the power to overcome sin. And one day, we thank you, Lord, that we will be forever rid of sin and brokenness and shame and guilt, being with you in glory forever and ever. And we give you praise and adoration. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you uh, display a cross anywhere? Some of you might, might wear a cross. Cross is a symbol of Christianity. Go figure. But when I was growing up, we always had a, a cross in our living room. And in fact, in our living room today, we have a cross that our neighbor got us uh, with our names on it. Cudmore's. And then a, a scripture verse. Um. A cross is made out of wood, it can be made out of clay, plastic, it can be tattooed on your arm. 
But really, what, what is the symbol? It is an executioner's tool, isn't it? Christians display an apparatus for capital punishment as a decoration to identify with our faith. And though it seems grotesque, this symbol is what our faith is all about. It's all about the cross of Jesus Christ, isn't it? Somewhere, the cross as an ornament or as jewelry, with no indication of what it means, the cross doesn't impact their life. It's for ornamentation. It's for, uh, for a little glare. It's for a little bling. It dangles down by their heart, but it has no effect on the inside to change their heart. The Israelites, the children grew up in the Old Testament era with this same kind of identification. We as Christians with the cross, the Israelites with this indication, an example of the Passover lamb. The Passover over lamb would have been familiar as a symbol of the faith as the cross is, as, is Christians today. Some of the kids in those days would have grown close to the lambs they kept. The Passover lamb of the rare spotless variety, would have been regarded as an extra special lamb. And probably if my kids were young, they probably, probably would have named the, the lamb. But the time would come when that family would gather that lamb and would slaughter that spotless lamb during the holy feast of Passover. Imagine the children felt the sting of hugging that lamb and of naming that lamb. And then dad taking the lamb, the, one, the, the lamb that they experienced intimacy and, and love and joy, and slitting the throat of that lamb to indicate the horrific sense and seriousness of sin and how it separates us from God. That lamb was slit right in front of the little children to indicate that it's not your blood, it's not your life that is paid for sin, but is this precious, spotless lamb without a blemish that 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 lamb's blood would be shed. During the meal that the children ate during Passover, they would ask the elders in the room why they ate the unleavened bread or why they ate the bitter herbs and why they spread the blood of the Passover lamb on the doorposts of their houses. The adults then would recount the story of how God delivered his people from their slavery in Egypt. The unleavened bread symbolized that they would eat in haste. The bitter herbs prompted them to remember that the hardship and the groaning and the bondage and the pain that they experienced in those hard times. And the blood on the doorpost reminded them how the angel of death passed over their homes, the people of Israel, as the great plague, the last plague of Egypt swept through Egypt, loosening Pharaoh's grip on the children of Israel. The first Passover, the ten plagues, the Bible says as we read it, that God's plan and purpose was to destroy the power of their gods. Each plague represented a deity that the Egyptians worshipped. And the number one deity that they worshipped was Pharaoh. They believed that he was a god, that he was the son of Ra. And God repeatedly brought down the strongholds and the power of their gods. He dismantled everything that would rise up against the power of his might 
to bring testimony to the Israelites that there is only one true God, the God of Israel, the Lord God, who is one God. God's people continued to observe the Passover all the way up to and beyond the life of Jesus. Can you believe that Jesus celebrated Passover every year? Listen to this. Realizing that one day he would give his life, just like that lamb, for the sins of the entire world. He celebrated it every year with the full knowledge that he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. The blood of the lamb was an ongoing reminder of how God delivered his people from the tyranny and oppression and brought them into the promised land. But that first Passover dealt primarily with their external bondage in Israel. Although God delivered his people from being slaves to another nation, they were not delivered from the bondage of sin that came from their heart. They needed to be delivered from the tyranny of their rebellion and of their sin and of their deceitful heart before God. It was Passover during the Last Supper when Jesus gathered his disciples in the upper room. Together, they gathered for the Passover celebration, but they didn't have a Passover lamb. Because Jesus brought to them that he was the very Passover lamb. His body would be broken and his blood would be shed once and for all. Because he is eternal God. One time entered into the very Holy of Holies. His blood was shed. And now we have salvation. God looks at your heart, the blood applied to your heart through faith, confession of your sin, and God passes over you today because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? There's power in the precious blood of Jesus to wash every stain, every taint, and every spot. If you look at the floor here today, we have had... We have had this, these rugs cleaned about ten times. And you notice the spots are still there. There's no other way to get rid of the spot and the blemish and the taint of sin in your life but coming to Jesus Christ and repenting of your sins. We try to scrub it. We try to scrub ourselves, don't we? Maybe through good works or performance. We try to make ourselves better. We try to dress for success. All the while, we're bound, we're broken, we're bruised. We're caught up in the bondage of sin and the deceitfulness of sin, but we keep scrubbing. It might be drugs. It might be booze. It might be bitterness. It might be unforgiveness. There's something that we keep scrubbing to try and get these spots out. And the precious Passover lamb, who is Jesus Christ, says, come to me. All you that are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. I shed my blood to wash away all the blots and all the spots on your life. So that we would not only be covered, but here's the thing, is that God cleanses our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Amen? He doesn't just give you a ticket today and say, you know what? When you die, you're going to get into heaven. What he does is, and the promise is, is that he'll give you a new spirit. He'll give you a new mind. He'll give you a new heart to worship the Lord with all that you have. His very spirit will reside within you because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 
The book of Hebrews presents Jesus as the priest who became the sacrifice. In Hebrews, the ransom for sin is the shedding of blood. Amen? Let's turn over to Hebrews chapter, chapter 9. Here in Hebrews chapter 9, there's a verse that says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. It's based on the common principle in the Old Testament that God requires the shedding of blood. Your friends might ask you, what in the world is all this blood stuff? What is in the world is all this cruelty to animals stuff? What is going on? The Bible says with the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Common principle in the Old Testament of God, that God requires the shedding of blood. Here it is. A death for sin. Sin causes death. Death must die and sin must die. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. All the sins of the world was upon Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb, took those sins. And now your sin is carried away. As far as the east is from the the west into the bottomless pit, your sin is forgotten and forgiven because of the precious work of Jesus Christ. God isn't a maniac in heaven that likes horror flicks or likes cruelty. The only penalty for sin is death. Something has to die. One single sin does spoil the whole soul and the sinner must die. The shedding of blood is actually the mercy of God. Allowing a substitute in our place, even in the garden. Adam and Eve were ashamed, were guilty, were condemned. They hid from each other and they hid from God. And what did God do? God sacrificed an animal to cover them in their shame and their guilt. This was a shedding of blood to cover their sins. This principle runs through Scripture leading up to the cross, which was a once-for-all shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. When he made his offering to the Lord on our behalf, he sat down at the right hand of God, interceding for us. In the Holy of Holies, when the priests went in to the temple, they would ceremonially prepare themselves, prepare their dress, prepare their heart, They had a ritual that they had to fulfill. Just in case they did not fulfill that ritual, they had bells on on the lower ends of their robe, and they had a rope attached to their left foot, just in case they did not prepare their hearts before the Lord. Because here's the thing. Wherever the presence of the Lord is, there is death because of sin. Remember the the dude, the poor dude that was carrying the Ark of the Covenant? And he reached out and the Ark of the Covenant was falling. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God, represented the Word of God. The Ark of the Covenant was falling over. The dude handled the Ark of the Covenant in an improper, unholy way. And that, that man died. Remember Isaiah in the presence of the Lord? He caught a vision of the Lord and he was saw the Lord high and lifted up, and he said, I'm ruined, I am done. I dwell in a nation that's undone and ruined, and my heart, I'm ruined, and I am done. And he fell prostrate before the Lord. Here's the thing. If you're not right with God, 
and you're in the presence of God. The presence of God brings death. Weird concept, isn't it? But here's the thing. If you're a believer today, and you're living in the life of God, everything that has to die when you're in the presence of the Lord, He'll kill for you and He'll destroy. That bitterness, that unforgiveness, that hurt and that wound from your past, the, the, the bruises from, from life, the sorrow, the depression, the anxiety. When we lift up Jesus Christ in the presence of the Lord, the Bible says that the Lord fills this place and he brings in his spirit and he allows life to take place. Amen? Let me ask you a question. Do you need something to die today? Do you need something to die? Maybe rebellion, maybe pride, maybe lust, maybe a bad attitude. You can't get rid of it. It's like a spot that won't go away. Get yourself into the presence of the Lord. Where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen? And there is freedom. Can't do it on your own. You can scrub and scrub and bring Mr. Clean in here. Do whatever you want. It's not going to happen. But it will happen as you bring yourself into the presence of the Lord today. When he had made his offering to the Lord on our behalf, he sat down at the right hand of God because the job was done. Seated at the right hand of God. Christ said, it is finished. The blood forever and for all eternity will cleanse us from our sin. And I liked what, what the Lord told the Moses. He said, I'm going to free you from Egypt and then I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to free you and I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to free you from the, the slavery and the bondage and the bruising of all that hard, hard labor. But also, here's the thing. I want to be your God and I want you to be my people. Right? I want intimate fellowship. I want that relationship back where we have intimacy and closeness. So he just doesn't want to save you from your sins. He wants to be a part of your life as you come into his presence and as you grow in him. He's got a great, great work for you to do. Jesus frees us from ever having to make ourselves perfect before God. Isn't that, re isn't that refreshing today? Because of his blood, death passes over us. Because of his resurrection, life is ours forever. So today we worship Jesus, who is the priest that was sacrificed. We worship Jesus, who was the prophet, who became the word. We worship Jesus, who is the king, who became the servant of all. And the beauty thing about the precious Lamb of God today is that every knee shall bow to the Lamb. Revelation speaks about us giving worship to the Lamb. Amen? All of us together will have this wonderful, wonderful marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen? Amen. Where Christ will reward us and He will give us blessings and favor as we get together the body of Christ, His bride at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus was shed. His blood was shed so that you can receive forgiveness today. That your sins can be blotted out. What was crimson could be as white as snow. As you respond to Him and as you come to Him in forgiveness, 
as you come in him, to, to him today in repentance and confession of faith, allowing the blood of Christ to, to cleanse you free, stop your struggling, stop your striving, stop your scrubbing. It's never, ever going to work. Come to the precious Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world, who one day we will all bow down before, precious Passover Lamb, who once and for all won our victory and won our salvation. The precious Lamb of God. The Lamb was taken from the Father's house. Jesus was taken from the Father's house. When Jesus walked into Jerusalem and great throngs came to him and said, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, our Savior, God saves, was the same time that the Passover lamb was being chosen for sacrifice in the Jewish temple on that same day. Years before Rulers and saviors would come in. Jesus knew that there were saviors that came in before trying to free Israel from its uh, political and Roman empire and stuff. And the same thing happened to them. They'd, they'd ride in and everybody would yell, Hey, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna. And they'd throw down palm branches. Jesus knew the heart of the people that five days later that he'd be taken in a garden and that he would be slain. <laughs> 12 o'clock, Jesus went to the cross. 3 o'clock, he was dead. The lamb without spot or blemish, no bones were were broken, prophesied in the Old Testament. 3 o'clock was the exact same time that in the Jewish temple, the lamb, the Passover lamb was sacrificed. The old covenant and the new covenant. Jesus, at the same time, asking you now to turn your heart and life over to him, Receive this new covenant of grace, this new covenant of blessing, this new covenant where God is your Savior, God is your Lord, God is your friend. God now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit resides in you. So if you're hurting today, the Holy Spirit resides in you because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I drink so much coffee And my car is just like this, (laughs) the rugs. I've tried getting the coffee out of the car. It's it's very hard. (laughs) Maybe I'll save it for the 4th of July. Send it over in a fiery crash. No. Um, (laughs) Guys, listen. We all have blots. We all have spots. Jesus wants to cleanse you from the penalty of sin. He wants to free you from the power of sin. One day we'll be in the presence of God forever, where there will be no presence of sin. But he wants to use you for his glory. He wants to forgive you. You need forgiveness. In the Lord's Prayer, there's that phrase, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Daily bread for our body, daily bread for our spirit. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. You are forgiven today. You are accepted today. The blood was shed so that 
you could enter into the very holy of holies. Do you know that when Jesus Christ died, the temple veil that separated the holy of holies from the common people was torn in two? Can you imagine the priests flipping out and saying, I am ruined, I am done. Because wherever the presence of the Lord was, something died. But Jesus brought us into the very presence of the Lord today because of his death. He died your death. He paid your price. And now from heaven, seated at the right hand of God, he's interceding for you. He's praying for you and he's sending the Holy Spirit to minister his grace and his love to you. Whatever you need from him, he's willing to give you today because every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies is ours because of what Christ has done. What do you need today from Jesus? Because you can receive it today. Amen? Through the precious blood of Jesus that cleanses every sin, we are accepted and we belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We give you praise today, Jesus. We give you praise. We thank you for your precious blood that has cleansed us from all sin. You might be here and you're battling sin and, and you're battling brokenness. And you're striving and you're struggling. Listen. The Bible says believe. The Old Testament, that word believe is aman. It means from the root word amen, which is so be it. And it depicts a little baby being held by a parent. And when I held little Amaris in my hands and her softball head, four pounds and 11 ounces, I just was so overwhelmed with love and joy. God wants to hold you today because you are his child. See, it's depicted, this word believe, like a child rests in the arms of God, doesn't know anything else, right? Doesn't know any better. It just rests as a weaned child on the breast of his mother. It rests in the arms of God. I want you today, as we leave this this place, to rest in the arms of God because the Passover lamb has been slain. And there is rest. Amen? Rest. Oh, sweet rest in the precious blood of Jesus that cleanses us from every sin. Lord, we thank you today. Thank you, God, that you are the Passover lamb. We thank you for the new covenant. We thank you for your broken body. We thank you for your precious blood that was shed. We thank you, Lord, that all through time you've been, you've been showing us this beautiful relationship of Jesus Christ as the Passover lamb. And God, when he said it is finished, it definitely was finished and it was accomplished. For all the pain and all the sorrow and the deceitfulness of sin, we can give over to God and be free. Thank you, Lord, for taking us out of Egypt, taking us out of the bondage of sin. But Lord, lead us into this wonderful life of overcoming sin and overcoming the brokenness of our heart and life, living in the glory of the Lord. So we give you this wonderful, wonderful time today. Thank you for your blood. We thank you for your salvation. And Lord, as we gather our, uh, our soup today, we thank you for Arrowhead Bible Camp. We thank you that we can bless them. We thank you for those that are going. We pray, O oh Lord, that 
this would be a blessing for the people that are going, blessing for Arrowhead Camp. And God, we thank you for this wonderful, wonderful day in which we can rest assured that the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us from every sin. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.